Hi, good evening. My name is Jay Rothman. I am the host of the show. Welcome to Real Men, Real Talk Live. Welcome back. Again, my name is Jay. I'm the host of the show. I'd like to introduce my co-host this evening. We have Evis Love Heath, the man of the land from down under. He resides in Australia today. Welcome back, Ev. Oh, thanks for having me as always, brothers. And great to see you back, Mr. Fasano. Mm-hmm. And of course, we do back. in fact have Jeff Fasano joining us. He's back home in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome back, Jeff. We missed you last, last week on Reframing the Brain. Uh, hopefully you didn't go insane while you were off last week, <laughs> but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how you navigated through the past week. And uh, welcome back to Real Men Real Talk Live. Thank you, Mr. Rothman. I had an amazing time in Kansas City. But hey, before we go any further, as we were, the song our our theme song was playing, you ever notice the the, the organ underneath it? I just heard that. No. <laughs> A bit of extra per, uh, sensory perception switching on there in the brain, brother. There you I, go. I, I there closed you go. my eyes and I went, oh, I never noticed that for a year and a half. <laughs> Anyhow. And, and, of course, we have Mr. Josh Richer bringing us back into the moment. He uh, resides in Southern California. Welcome back, Josh. Great to have all four of us back together. Mr. As we, Josh. Uh, as we take a moment here to um, welcome our viewers and guests, if you're joining us live streaming from YouTube, Facebook, or LinkedIn, welcome back to tonight's episode number 106. 106. Tonight's show is all about reframing your brain so you don't go insane. And uh, if you should hear something you like or love, we invite you to tap your love button on your monitor and light us up. If you have any questions, drop them down in the comment section. We will do our best to acknowledge uh, as many comments or questions that should pop up. And if you are a viewer coming in from overseas, welcome back to Real Men Real Talk Live. If you're coming in from the United States, let us know what, what city or state you reside in. And of course, Jillian Bowie, I always love to give you some acknowledgement because I know it is about 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. This is one loyal fan, one loyal viewer <laughs> that shows up relatively consistently. It's the middle of her night, and she's got to be up for work tomorrow. But she makes it a point to show up right on time, uh, because this is this is part of this is part of uh, her protocol, whatever that looks like, and her this is part of her self care, perhaps. Uh, and so, welcome back, uh, Jillian, and of course, all of our all of our viewers that join us week after week. We love you, we acknowledge you, and we show up because you show up with us. And so, thank you for that. I want to take a moment here. Tonight's episode is going to be a part two. And if in case you sh- should have missed part one last week, um, it's not like it's uh, in sequential order. So you can go back and watch <laughs> part one last week, which Jeff Asano actually watched it as a viewer. Um, I think uh, today, earlier this morning. And Jeff, just, just to take a moment here at a high level real quick, 
what was your experience of being a viewer and not being part of the show as a co-host? I just, the thing I thought about the most was how do the viewers keep up with all of the information? <laughs> There's got to be a, a pause button somewhere, but um, this living in my brain, living in my head, not my mind, but my brain uh, is one of my biggest challenges. And watching the show today, uh, all the stuff that you guys threw out there made, got me to think, got me to become very introspective and actually, um, yearn for more, some how to, mm. some, mm. some deeper how to's for myself on, um, okay, how, how do I reframe that? How do I begin the process of reframing it? How do I begin the process of, looking at what isn't in my life and begin to move forward at looking at what is in my life with gratitude. And then also visualizing as Ev brought up in the show, visualizing all of what we would like to transpire in our life. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you it for sharing. It was a jam packed, jam packed episode for sure. And for all of you who may have missed it, we'll give you a quick recap. Um, we are watching our thoughts. We are becoming the conscious observer mm -hmm. of our chatterbox brain. The brain is just this computer crunching data. It's trying to keep us safe in life. It's also trying to conserve our energy for that fight or flight when we need to run from the, uh, the bear or the tiger, but that doesn't happen in our lives anymore. The bear and the tiger, those triggers are, around us all day that we are being triggered more and more often than we ever have in the history of mankind. And that's wreaking havoc on our brains. So how do we watch what's going on in our mind and then also take conscious choice to choose new thought patterns? And these new thought patterns are going to generate new emotions and those new emotions release new chemicals in the body. Um, you know, those good endorphins, those happy chemicals instead of the stress chemicals when we're thinking stressful thoughts. So we don't think we have control in this area, but we actually had a, a lot of control and it becomes this filter over our world, this filter. Our lives actually change by changing our conscious thoughts. And so we're going to cover all of, we covered all that last week and we're going to dive in even deeper and with newer levels tonight because this topic needs to be talked about. There's so much just pressure and stress and depression and anxiety going on in the world today. We're all being triggered. You're not alone. You're not the only one. We are there with you. I'm going to share a personal big trigger story I had this week too later on. So there's lots packed in this episode. Please stick with us. And Jeff, yes, we'll try and put that pause button somewhere in there. <laughs> All right. So tonight's episode is part two of reframe your brain. So you don't go insane. Ev, you did a beautiful uh, warm up this, uh, this afternoon for you. It was early morning out in the bush. You were on a, on a drive about, uh, probably either jumping into the wilderness or jumping out. But uh, but at the same time, you kind of framed out what tonight's show is going to be about. And so I want to invite you to warm us up and kick us off and get us hot into how to reframe the brain so that we don't go insane. Yeah, part thanks, two. Brother. Thanks, brother. And uh, as always, from the bottom of my heart, here in the land down under, thanks for having me, brothers and sisters. 
Um, and nice to have our brother, Mr. Jeff Fonsano, back, as I mentioned at the start. And, yeah, I mean, the brother, uh, Josh, has just already opened us up and warmed us up again. And it feels like we've just come straight back in. And um, <laughs> I actually had the opportunity to uh, listen to the, the podcast. And please, viewers, if you're out there, uh, try and subscribe uh, to those channels. You know, I, I love listening to it, actually, when I'm driving around and drive about, uh, as Mr. Rothman said, if I'm not coming back off country or I'm between clients, I've uh, definitely love listening to our podcast. And it, it really does give me, um, uh, I guess, a, a better introspection of what we do deep dive about, as Jeff talked about, when you're listening from that observer angle. And why I find so many of us don't, allow ourselves to really hear the layers, the octaves, the tones, the deep information under what we're talking about is because like we've titled in tonight's show, we literally are going insane down here, brothers and sisters. Now, we're going to talk probably a lot about this got to do with technology, but I love really cutting it down to those basics. And we deep dived a little bit about last week, but we really have to get awareness, first of all, about what the hell is going on. Who is in control down here in your physical suit? This little physical suit, I call a biochemical space suit, it's like a little <laughs> Mars rover. It's like the, uh, the rover that went on the moon, or as they say, to do exploration, to experience we have these beautiful little sensory inputs that really take in information from the external world for us to perceive, interpret, and integrate that information on how we want to see our reality. Now, the thing is, when we leave it up just to those five senses, that thing we're talking about tonight are, are called the brain, it obviously takes in the information but it can obviously only download so much of it also. Now, it likes to take in as much information as possible. But like Brother Josh has mentioned, you know, it will conserve its energy for our survival. Now, for many of us, we're taking in so much information, brothers and sisters, too much information. What I was talking about this morning, if you're limiting or le leaving your life experience to the limitations just of the brain and your sensory input that's taking in the information from the outside world, you are really literally limiting your experience here in the third dimension or physical reality. So for me, what I wanted to try and explain this morning was, I wanna ask you tonight, my brothers and sisters, for you guys on the across the other side of the pond, if you're in the land down under today, who's in control of this little space rover? Who's in control of your experience down here? I mentioned this morning that I want you to use it like a metaphor as I do uh, with a lot of my clients. I talk about this body, you know, the physical stuff, the brain, the heart, you know, all, all of these organs that we can tangibly see and that we know of. I call it the coffee kid. I call it the coffee kid because I do believe in the hierarchy of who should be in chain of command of your personal experience it should be serving as coffees. It should be serving as teas, the delights of the world. When I talk about the middle management, I'm talking about your soul. I'm talking about your soul being made up of your will, your emotions, and your mind. Your will, your emotions, and your mind. 
So we talked about a few of those things last week. Now, when we dive in deeper tonight, which I will in a bit more detail about those three things, why it's so important to understand that no matter how strong your willpower may be, many people have actually allowed their emotions to override this little space rover that we get down here to experience the earth plane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's happened is that the oversensory input and in information that's come in has just bombarded us to the point where I've got brothers and sisters saying, Ev, please slow this down. How do I slow it down? Mm-hmm. So we have to ask ourselves who's in control. I said on the video this morning for me, my brothers and sisters, my CEO is my spirit. Your spirit is basically should be your CEO. Your mind is an access road. It allows you to experience, like I said, this reality. But until you take over the steering wheel with that spirit, which is really made up of more so your intuitive self, it's really made up more so of some of those decisions that you make up in your life. And we talked about, you know, at the core of all of this, some of those values have also got to do with your spirit as well. So, look, I know we're going to go in deep tonight, and I just hope that's just a nice intro on where we could sort of dovetail <laughs> and where we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, what, do you, what do you feel, we're, Jeff? We're, we're going to go in deep tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, hit the playback button, and let's listen to that again. That, that, was, that, was, that was a lot of content. That was, that was brilliant. You know, it, 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 you know it, when you said that, you, you have clients that ask you to slow it down. Yeah. We also have clients that ask us to, how do we turn it off? I mean, they don't, they're so sick and tired of hearing that, that, that scratch record, that scratch album playing over and over and over again. Cause as we talked about last week, somewhere between 70 and 80% of our thoughts that come through our mind in a 24 hour cycle repeat itself the next day. Same once as the the day before. The next day after. And, and, and so there's where it, it becomes slippery. How, how can we learn how to allow our CEO to manage more of the thoughts and the emotions that come through the brain mm. as opposed to mm. allowing the thoughts and the emotions to control our life? And once we understand mm. that we have a great opportunity to learn how to I want to call it master that art because it is, it will take practice to learn how to slow it down. I don't know if we can ever turn it off because it's part of a part of our DNA. It's part of how the, how we're structured. Yeah. But we certainly can learn how to distract ourselves in a healthy way without checking out or numbing out to turn it off. There are absolutely Mm -hmm. healthy ways to do it. And we'll kind of re reframe some of those this evening as well. Yeah. You know, uh, Jay, um, I think what what I learned from you guys last week of watching the show today and the most important part in all of this is once again, which is a common theme throughout the entire show that we do this is really raising our awareness and consciousness when we are muddled in our brain. Yep. And it, that's the most important thing, as Jay just said. We, 
thoughts are who I don't know who said it. Uh, I think Jay might have said it last week. Um, the amount of thoughts that go through our our brain every moment, it they're always there. It's just about about seeing the patterns, the oldness of it, and where we get stuck in these patterns that we've got to raise our awareness and consciousness that we're in our minds, which is, like I said, when we, uh, when we came on the air, it's, yeah. it's one of my biggest challenges. And that's, so, and that's literally the hardest part is getting, um, is getting to a point where that awareness is habit is habit. Yeah. Where you do, you do just, you become an observer of your mind and you catch, yeah. I, I, I caught myself in a massive uh, thing. Was it two days ago? I was on the phone with my sister and I was complaining about my tax guy uh, again. And because I um, basically the, the quick version of the story is that uh, last year when I went to shoot my documentary, I, I spent a lot of my own money uh, on equipment and things. And I kept thinking to myself, oh, this will be a great write off and I'll, I'll get a great tax return next year. And I can finally buy that car that I've been wanting. Um, and it means more than just the car. This is, you know, all of my financial stuff that you guys heard about. Um, it's a long story, but this this meant a lot to me, this big tax return. And I was counting on this for over a year. In fact, even longer than that. I haven't bought a car that I liked that I, I've owned the last since 12 years. I've either bought a car that was given to me or that I could pay cash with because of all my financial crash. And two of the engines blew up and one of the transmissions died. So mm. these haven't been great cars. I've been dying for like a good car, basically, for over a decade. And that was my plan with this tax return. And I was supposed, I did my taxes in January because I was so excited about this. I was supposed to get $13,000 back. And that would have made a really great down payment on a car that I actually wanted, not one that I just had to have or could take. And... The IRS last week seized that money uh, and took it because of some business stuff from 2015 and 16 that my tax guy said he could take care of and he hasn't. And I started bothering him in December about it because I, f I just I felt that this was going to happen, that he was going to be his normal self and not take care of this anyways. So I was explaining all this to my sister. And I felt myself dropping into that victim energy again. I was angry at my tax guy. I was in this um, victim mentality, stuck in that old story of, uh, you know, the the my startup crash and when all my finances came down. And all that energy came back when I was explaining this to my sister. And I got off the phone and I was like, this isn't me anymore. I don't like this feeling. And I was like, where's my, where's my upset in this? Where's, where's, where's the friction? And I was like, it's because I had an expectation. And my expectation was so different from what actually happened. The IRS seized $13,000. I'm going to have to wait another year to get a car. Um, and I was really looking forward to that, like big time. That was my discomfort, right? And I was like, where, 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 do, I, where do I have power in this moment? What do I, what can I control? Well, I can't control my tax guy. Clearly. Um, I've been bothering him for months and years to take care of this stuff. And he keeps promising he will. And he doesn't. So I can get rid of my tax guy. 
Uh, that's the control I have. And then also I started thinking about the bigger picture of this. This is the last money from my startup crash that the IRS is saying that I owe. So in a sense, I'm now done with the IRS. And I started, I was like, all right, Josh, what's the reframe in all of this? How can I turn this? How can I reframe this into a positive? Well, I'm now officially done with my tax guy because I don't have to deal with this dude anymore. I'm now done with the IRS and I'm now free of this victim story. I'm free of all that old energy. I'm f I can now with this 13,000. Yes, I expected it to go to something else, but it's actually now my freedom. And it's actually now a celebration of closing of that old chapter. And so I was able to reframe this into an amazingly beautiful experience that I'm actually excited about now. I'm actually happy that this happened and I'm done with all of that shit. And you guys have heard about it for a hundred that everything that led up to my drinking and rehab and all of that was around this business crash. So you guys have heard about it. I am now officially done. I am no longer a victim. I am in control of my life. And this was a gift. And that's the reframe. And that's the power of reframing and we can do it. Because if I had stayed in that old victim thinking, we, we did a whole episode on victim mentality. It takes you down. It takes down your energy. It affects all areas of your life, your friendships, everything. So I wanted to share a personal story this week that was a huge reframe. Because, yeah, 13000 is a lot of money. But it bought my freedom, mm. which is amazing. Mm. Beautiful story, brother. And in, in just a, a quick question, brother. Did that particular scenario remind you, remind you of any past scenarios within your life? Hmm. You mean good or bad? <laughs> Doesn't matter. Hmm. <laughs> uh, any past, remind me of any past scenarios? That particular no, event? I mean... I, Oh, I kind of see what you're getting out with this. Um, yeah, you know, it's, I did a lot of work. I've been doing so much work um, these last six months. But uh, when I learned to be proud of myself, I was free of needing to hear that from anybody else. Mm. And growing up, that was like the one thing I was dying to hear from my dad. And so what yeah. was that? What was it that you were dying to hear from your dad? I'm proud of you. Mm. And I can say that to myself now. Mm. And so we're free. He's free. I'm free. Mm. This is this is the power of this work, you guys. We can free ourselves. We can give mm. ourselves what we've been looking in the outside world for, what we've been mm. dying in the outside world for. When we start to give that to ourselves, we don't need all of this. We become this island, this island paradise that has its own self-love, that has its gratitude for the things it does have, that's not longing for the things it doesn't, that, that mm -hmm. has this ability to reframe bad situations and, or negative situations and turn them into a positive that's not going to 
affect us and release stress chemicals in our body and poison our bodies and make us sick. I mean, this is the power of the brain. Right. This is the one thing we have. So Josh, I, I want to just take a moment here to jump in here. Um, I want to piggyback. Uh, Everest is coming in on an angle on you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to ask you in that moment when, when you learned that the money was gone and you were, you went through all those, the cycle of emotions, anger, frustration, disappointment, sadness, um, maybe some rage, internal rage towards sure. your accountant, maybe even the IRS. In that moment, you know where I'm going with this. How, mm. old, how old were you feeling? Which mm. part of Josh was angry that he couldn't get the car that he wanted, that he's been waiting for? Mm. Sure. Yeah, that was the younger me. Okay. Mm. Much, much right. younger me. Right. And so in the moment, how, if I, I'm going to paraphrase what I heard you describe as how you navigated through that whole process mm. emotionally was that you showed up, your CEO, your higher yep. self showed up for younger Joshi and helped him reframe the truth. Mm. Yes, I understand. I understand, Joshi, that that you're frustrated. I understand. <laughs> that this sucks. You. I yeah. understand you've been eyeing that car. I know the car you want. I, I know you've been waiting. You've been so patient. Right? But you showed up for little Joshi and you were able to come through, it sounds pretty quickly, and reframe his experience through your own inner wisdom that you had. You were able to you were able to reframe it and literally see it. Not as a burden, but as a blessing, you're now free. And all it means is that you get to teach little Jossie just a little bit more about having patience. You've waited this long, and we'll get there. Just not here, not now, not today. But we got something else that a car can't give us. Because the car's going to just give us more maintenance, more cost, you know, more things that go wrong. But right now, in this window of time, what you got is, you said, freedom. Freedom from your accountant, freedom from the IRS. That's a beautiful gift you got to give to that little boy inside. Mm. Totally. totally. So how's little Joshy feeling right now? Mm. Pro protected, safe. Because mm. that's the thing. When we, when we get caught in these anger cycles and we get caught where I wanted to go, where I could feel my body change after the phone call with my sister. I could feel, and that was what first cued me up is because I've become so sensitive that I was like, wow, I'm really wound up right now. And I don't like this. Like I like my calm that I usually create for myself. And I was not that. And I was feeling my blood boil, like you say, Jay. And it was like, no, this is, this is where we can take a stand and say, no, mm. this isn't how I want to live anymore. This isn't, you know, I'm not a victim anymore. These people don't run my life and I have choice here. And that choice was to see it as freedom. Beautiful. Which is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I want to take a moment here to kind of switch gears. Josh, thank you for sharing that. That's a, that was a pivot moment for you. No doubt. No doubt a pivot moment in a, in many different ways. And that's, this is all part of us showing up and growing up. And for me, that's really learning that our emotions, our thoughts, and our relationship with our mind is one that we could 
we could learn how to manage differently so that it's not controlling the outcome of our life, but we can, we can control, have more control over the relationship with our mind by learning how to slow it down, by learning how to distract it, by learning how to reframe what it is we think we're feeling into a different relationship with the circumstances as you just described. So I think that's beautiful. Mm. Well, welcome home, Josh. <laughs> right? It's amazing to be in control um, mm. and peaceful and to choose that. It's truly, it's incredible to live this way. Um, yeah. Because I've been on the other side of the coin. We all have. We've all been there with the chatterbox brain and we were just blown about the the ocean with the waves and the storm and, you know, just reacting to everything and, you know, trying to keep this whole ship afloat instead of sinking. It's like, that's a terrible feeling and it's a terrible way to live. Yeah. I want to shift gears here right now. Uh, Ev, I want to invite you to kind of break down a little bit about um, what are some brain hacks for stress management? I mean, we, we talked a little bit about last week, you know, like, and I just want to dovetail on the back of what you're saying there too, brother, you know, you, you're saying all those key words like, you know, uh, feeling uh, oversensitive within the past where you could have reacted in a particular situation uh, similar to that. You know, one of those things, particularly around stress management, is really learning how to tame this brain learning how to tame this body because of the very sensory input that we're actually taking in uh, that is bombarding us, we do. We get too overwhelmed. And mm -hmm. if we are flooded by those hormones like Josh could have been very easily in that particular event, then how can he have the potential to be able to reframe that event? You know, one thing for me, and it's, it was very looked to the side or, you know, looked uh, f far from is really connecting with that more feminine side of our brain. And um, Jeff talked a little bit about in the green room or the power of visualization. We have a really important part of our brain. I, I talked a little bit about it last week um, called the hippocampus. And it literally looks like a seahorse if you have a look at these uh, images of it. <laughs> now, the hippo, hippocampus is actually in that right hemisphere of the brain, the feminine side of the brain. And it literally supports the inner imagery, but also the ability to retrieve past events, but then to recreate the imagery for future scenarios. Let me say that again. In the right hemisphere, the feminine side, it has the ability to support the creation of Im in imagery and the ability to retrieve past events and recreate the imagery that you want to see for future scenarios. So why is this relevant? Why could this be a stress reliever? Well, think of all the times that you get stressed and you get flooded by these particular hormones, cortisol, all these other stress hormones. These are actually drowning our ability to be able to see these scenarios that we want to see out in the real. So we have to tame this part of our being. You have to command your body to sit still. 
that subconscious mind which becomes your body by the time I've said this, by the time we're 30 years old, really can go overdrive. Now, until you tame it, make it sit still like an animal, heal, command it. Now your willpower starts to control something that may be getting you into a stressful scenario. Then we're going to come back to that breath, brothers and sisters. We're going to slow things down. Those pauses, the heart, the flutter of the heart starts to become more relaxed. So the nervous system starts to become at a much more eased state. We then can start getting to this creation of how we wanted to see that particular desired outcome. Now, I'm not talking about trying to promote some sort of outcome as if you weren't there. I'm talking about coming from there. Now, this stuff gets deep. I've dropped three big tools there that you can already do for stress management. Mm -hmm. A, breath. B, visualization. And what's that third one? Re-imaging. Re-imaging. Re-image the situation or the scenario that was desired for you to see. You see, we talked a lot about the analytical mind last week, and it's so, so important. But what I'm talking about here tonight is the balance of the upper house, the masculine and the feminine principle coming together as the one. That is true heaven on earth, my brothers and sisters. Beautiful, Ev. Jeff, uh, what do you make of what you just heard Ev say? What's uh, what's going through your mind right now? What are you looking to reframe? Hmm. Good question. Um, looking, uh, doing the um, not re-imaging, but uh, looking at visualizing. I think it's visualizing, yeah. Visu moving and visualizing the life we would like to have. Visualizing it and seeing it in, in play. Uh, it's like when we do affirmations. It's not about I want or I hope or I wish. The affirmations is I am already experiencing it. Mm -hmm. That's how... Mm -hmm. We, 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 you do affirmations. I, I am, I am in this wonderful relationship with my life partner. And then you go from there and then you take it one step uh, further of visualizing it, visualizing it, and then moving into after we visualize it, well, how, what are the feelings that are coming up? Which is what Joe Dispenza uses is about how does that make you feel? Mm -hmm. When we visualize, affirm and visualize what we um, would like our lives to be. And that is what I'm, you know, I'm seeing right now is closing our eyes and seeing it. But also we have to move into our feeling bodies. We have to feel it. That's how we move from the mind or the brain into our heart. And that's where the manifestation comes. It comes in our heart space. We can visualize it in our mind, but then we have to, have to ask ourselves, how does that feel? What are the feelings that are coming up? 
when we are visualizing a life we want. And that's where the manifestation of it comes in because then we're feeling it in our being. We're moving from, one of the wonderful things that Ev said last week that I caught was uh, our brain is the master computer. It's just a piece of machinery in our physical bodies that processes everything. Then he said, when we, we, but we have to move into our heart because that's where the manifestation is when we begin to feel it. And when we begin to feel it, that raises our resonance and vibration. And then we begin to manifest it because we're feeling it. We're moving into it and then we're being it. And that's how we move from our brains into our mind. Um, one of the things that, that come, came up for me when Ev was, Ev was speaking was uh, being when we're in our minds, when we're, we're, when we're in that mental chatter, when we're, when we're in our brains and our minds and that chatter is going and going, we can't dismiss it. We can't, we can say, we can have tools by saying stop. But I think the most important thing to do in order to, to allow ourselves to move out of it is to acknowledge that we're in it. I'm in my mind right now. And then we can arrest it. It's a tool that I've used to arrest the mental chatter when it is at volume 25. And it's there. And if I try to stop it, stop this, stop this, stop this, it's really, that never works for me. To me, it's like, oh my, wow, I'm in my mind. And that brings me to the moment of now. I'm in my mind right now. And then you can go, what am I thinking about? What is the old programming? What, are the, what is the conditioning that I'm in right now? But if I can accept in the moment that I'm in my brain right now, that brings us back to the adult self because more than likely, as Jay said, asked Josh the question, mm -hmm. how old were you in those moments? More than likely, that's where we're, we're re-experiencing the conditioning in our mind of being 15 years old and then reacting to the world outside of us from that place. It's about bringing us back to the adult self in the moment of now, which is my biggest challenge of being in the moment of now, not constantly looking at the future, what's going on in the future, how, what's going to happen there, how is that going to happen, and then going back to the past and lamenting over the mistakes I made in the past. It's all happening in my head. Mm -hmm. Well, well, hold on one second, Fasano, because I want to take a moment here. Since you said that, one of the challenges you have is and it's, 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 you're not that special. We all challenged with, yeah. you know, we, we kind of drift out to the future, but I do want to drift out into the future right here, right now and acknowledge that not today, but tomorrow is in fact a very special day for you. <laughs> tomorrow yes. is your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Fasano. Happy birthday to you and many Thank more. You. All right. So this is a once a year where we uh, we show up and sing, and even Milo wants to get in on the action. He likes singing. <laughs> he likes singing birthday songs because he likes to have a piece of cake. There you go. So we'll, we'll give my we'll give Milo a piece of cake tonight to honor you. 
But uh, happy birthday, Jeff Fasano. Thank you, Jay. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so not quite a barbershop quartet, but we're working on it. There you go. <laughs> so, 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 Jeff, coming back to when when you do actually kind of drift out and you let you know four hundred yards of fishing line out to sea, and you're not present, it's all it's all out. Yeah. How do you how do you personally reel yourself back in? That's the challenge. That's mm. the challenge that I have. Of, because I it, I it can go out to be ten thousand yards, Jay, more than four hundred yards of, it it could go there, and and then the cycle begins. Um, somehow it just clicks in that I'm going there, but 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 the, and then I start to believe wherever my mind is taking me. Yep. I start to believe that I'm not this. I, I start to believe it, it goes into this. I'm not, I don't have, and I, it's really the practice. It's what I, it's why this show and, and watching the show last week was really wonderful for me because it's about reframing and, and practicing something new. What I've realized, and I'm going to tell on myself right now, I have not been practicing what mm. you guys have been were talking about last week. Mm. And I realized mm. that I've got it to be. That's why it intrigued me and why I loved watching the, the show, because I realized, wow, this is a challenge for me. And I need to start a new practice daily. Josh, in the last show, um, you know, when he started to practice, he wrote down every morning 10 things that he was gra- grateful for as we mm-hmm. can shift into gratitude, which will help me start to look at what is in my life as opposed to what isn't. My tendency where that 10,000 yards goes out into the ocean is what I am not mm-hmm. and what isn't mm-hmm. in my life, mm-hmm. what I haven't done, what I should have done as opposed to bringing myself you know for me right now it's it's to really to start a whole new practice to reframe mm-hmm. my uh my beingness in the moment of now as the adult mm-hmm. um and that's what i'm taking from all of this and ta- and and grabbing the tools that you guys are giving because um, it is, it's, a, it's a challenge for me. Uh, I do my best to, to um, bring myself back, but there are times that I go very deep go into the ocean, deep, deep into, into the ocean. I want to honor your, your share and your right. vulnerable share with us um first and i want and i want to share something too that um it's not our fault um Mm. all the studies that i did the brain is actually looking for negatives because it's looking for all the things in our life that can hurt us harm us destroy us take us out all of that so it's already scanning the world for negative things yeah and so we're all kind of naturally in that pattern anyway and that's where i mean you brought it 
you brought it up and we wanted to talk about it tonight again too was the gratitude practice what it does is it starts to rewire those neural pathways in positive ways to counteract that natural negativity that we're all sort of prone to um so yes gratitude is an amazing practice and it actually does rewire your neural pathways in positive ways so you start to notice the beautiful things in life that we have mm -hmm. but it's so easy with social media and all the other things too to get caught in that comparing and all the things that we don't have yeah. in our lives yeah it's really so Jillian, really all trap into that jillian bowie says deep into the ocean then we realize we are the ocean. <laughs> You know, I, you just, you just chuckled. I, I want to ask you, Ev, um, how can laughter um, be a gateway to reframing your brain? How does laughter uh, change our in, a, in potentially in a moment? Mm. What is? Uh, tell us more about that, will you? Well, well, just like you know, we just talked about gratitude. You know, we, we're talking about the significance of gratitude, um, which really is paying off reward pathways within the brain. And I think a lot of people overlook it, just the significance of gratitude and something like laughter, because what it actually does is it trains the brain to repeat the cycle, which mm -hmm. allows more release of, you know, something like um, uh, dopamine, which is that feel good hormone. And it allows you to repeat these particular behaviors and functions that are actually going to promote it on a daily basis. So one thing for me, laughter is just a beautiful thing that just allows us to quickly flip that script and reframe whether we're in a stressful state or something that's kept us down. But the thing is, it's not saying that we're not going to have our down moments. Mm -hmm. I want my brothers and sisters to look at these things as tools you know, we are literally, like I said at the start on the intro, getting an opportunity to experience and choose to play down here in this physical uh, plane. So it is definitely a gateway like gratitude, which is going to help promote the repeated cycle of those feel-good hormones, Mr. Rothman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed watching your video this morning because I actually witnessed um, witnessed at the end of the video, Ev, you actually <laughs> got uh, something tripped you up in a healthy way, in a positive way, and you closed yeah, yeah. out in almost giggling. Um, <laughs> you, were, you were very much uh, in laughter, and I, I, I found that beautiful. You mm. know, I, I think, uh, especially, I don't want to say especially as men, but a lot of times we're we tend to be very intense in how we show up. Yep. And sometimes we, we forget that a smile and a laughter not only can change in the moment our relationship with our body and, and the reaction within, whether, whether it be dopamine, even endorphins, uh, healthy hormones that actually can bring us some lightness, but also how it affects the people around us. Mm -hmm. How many times have we been listening listening to someone and they go into laughter and their laughter almost creates a spontaneous reaction for us and we start mm -hmm. laughing with them mm -hmm. and we're not even laughing at what they're laughing at we're laughing at their laugh not <laughs> not in a negative judgmental way but their laughter can bring us more of our own laughter to open up 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and even smiling, you know, I, I, I shared this in a one past episode where um, I realized that it, there was, uh, there was a lot of, there was a lot of airtime between my own smiles. And when I, I would greet people each morning, a couple of hundred people plus, if not more, along the shoreline when I was living in by the ocean. And I decided one day to do a little beta test, do a little experiment and see what would happen if when I greeted people as I'm passing them on the beach cruiser, if I smiled and said those words, good morning, have a beautiful Mm. day, see what would happen. And I was blown away by how many people I clearly Mm. saw a very positive response to my smiling. Now, in that Mm. moment, did my smile create an opportunity for them to reframe whatever they were thinking about, whatever deep thoughts they were in? Totally. And I, I'd say, Josh, you sh- you're nodding. You had yes. It sounds like it's you. You think it, it impacted their morning, or at least that moment for them. Mm-hmm. Of course, you broke the cycle. Because how often are we walking down the street with our head down, totally lost in our own thoughts, which is usually consumed with what we need to be doing, or what's tomorrow, or what we're worried about, or what we're afraid of? I mean, how often do we get caught in that? Yes, been, especially if you're from New York City. <laughs> well, well, Fasano, you could say that because you're—he can say that because he's from New York. Um, so yeah, Jay, it was beautiful. Yeah. You broke that moment for even just yeah. a split second. You interrupted that pattern, That's and it. and reminded them of joy. That's the most important thing. It, you just said it, Josh. Out of all of this, is interrupting the pattern, finding. Tools that we're giving that you guys have been giving to interrupt the old patterns. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's here's the next one I want to jump on to. I'm going to move us right along this evening as we're coming up 11 minutes before the hour. Believe it or not, um, we we highlighted the word multitasking as mm. uh, the question is: Does multitasking in today's world destroy our brain? I want to tell you guys that for many, many years, for decades, I actually was so grateful that I had a a natural ability to do massive multitasking in my role in corporate America. I, I was so proud of my ability to do it and do it well. And I didn't think it was a bad thing. I thought it was a really good thing. So I want to invite you, uh, one of you gentlemen, to jump in. And answer the question, does multitasking, and whether it be you, Josh, you're the brain man, Ship for Brains is the name of the book that you, uh, that you published, or any, uh, either Evis or, or Jeff, but is, does multitasking in today's world, does it destroy or hamper your brain, and why, if so? And Jay, I have a quick question for you before they answer this question. How good were you at your multitasking, actually? <laughs> well, there, you know, that's here, it. That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, so, how so good a, were that's you? A, that's yeah, a great yeah, question, yeah. Josh. So here's how, I, here, here's how I measured it. By the money. Mm-hmm. Every time I closed the deal, look, I was working on any given day, five to eight deals. Now, for me to do, mm. it was also, it was the business I was in was very 
very complicated. It wasn't just the words spoken, but I was involved in, in deep into the design aspect of restaurant interiors. Mm. And so there was, there was multi, I had multi job descriptions to close a deal, but I measured it by my ability to close deals. And so when I was then in senior management and I was recruiting new people for the company, that was key. Like if they said they were, you know, scale of one to 10, they were at about a seven. I knew that they were going to, they were going to show up as a seven in the company. They were not mm. going to be at a nine or a 10. And I wasn't interested in hiring sevens. So they know I wasn't paid to hire sevens. So now if you ask me, how does that, how does that work in our private in our personal life? That's a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. So what work well too. in business doesn't always work well in our personal <laughs> life and our relationships. Mm -hmm. So, so who wants to answer the question? Does multitasking hamper the brain? Is it a, is it a burden or is it a blessing? It's an absolute burden, brothers and sisters. Why? Absolute burden. Because you've got to, just got to think on logical terms, you know, like even though we've grown up and saying multitasking is productivity in, in the busy world, the brain is actually only hooked up really to focus on one thing. So I keep saying, what are you focusing on and what are you paying attention to? Mm. You see, multitasking, it causes lower or it reduces long-term memory. It causes anxiety in our life. It really doesn't allow us to, like I said, focus on that one thing within our life. So for me, number one, and we've, I'm sure we did a show on this, is declutter your mind. Declutter the things within your life particularly things around, you know, for me, it was a big one, emails, clogging up, you know, the notifications constantly coming on. Try and lighten the load off your shoulders, brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and little, little things, proven. little things make a big difference. I just turned off a bunch of notifications on my, on apps on my phone. I went into the settings because I was like, you know what? I really don't need to hear from this app and it's just taking up bandwidth. Like we talked mm. about in, you know, conserving our energy episode, all of these little drains on our energy and especially our thoughts and mm. what, what tempts us into thinking, what pulls us into an app or what, pull, you know, when we're trying to multitask and juggle all of these things, we're not doing them well. We're not. And it's just a drain on our energy. And so then that, therefore, now we're just kind of like bumbling through our lives Um overwhelmed and completely not focused on anything mm -hmm. so so the consensus is is that i would have although... i would have failed your test jay wow. I would have the new the new me the me that's been working on this reframing for a long time would have told you no i actually don't like to multitask i like to block out times that i can fully focus in one area that's so here, where here, i'm here, the here's the truth josh is that the only reason that I prided myself on being really good at multitasking was because I got a hit. Oh, I got a hit from it. I got massive adrenaline. There it is. I was constantly being bombarded with it. Bombarded. It was constantly hitting me. Mm, sure. And it's a very seductive, a very addictive chemical or mm -hmm. hormone. Mm -hmm. And so 
I, I almost, I literally, it was a natural drug for me. And did it serve me? It, it served creating wealth, but it did not serve creating health. Oof. Mr. Rothman special. There it is. It took its toll, man. It mm. took its toll. And here's my truth today. Mm. I don't desire to multitask today. I, I, I strive to be as present as I can be in the mm -hmm. moment mm -hmm. because I know that adrenaline was a gateway for my health decline. Mm. It contributed and I, I don't want to live in that anymore. I want to, I want to be karma. And I, I think I've mentioned maybe in a past episode that I'm so calm now that when I'm driving a car, Mary many times will say to me, can you, do you think you can go a little faster now? This is a guy that <laughs> owned performance vehicles. Oh no. And did, you know, used to do 85 minimum many times over a hundred miles an hour on the road. And, um, I got off on that. I mean, that fueled me, that filled me up. And now like, she'll be like, well, I'm like, well, what's the rush? What, why do I need to go faster? And she said, <laughs> she'll say to me, can you at least go the speed limit? <laughs> so I'm driving like an old man. And the thing is, it's like every time she says that inside, I'm going, yes, thank God. Thank God. Mm. Thank God. I'm slowed down now. <laughs> I just flat, I just flash forward to like 90 year old Jay, like down here. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hey, as long as I got my, and you know what? Own I'll be it. okay with that, man. That's I'll it, be fine. No as rush. long as hey, I still can hike and I can still move, there's nothing wrong with that, right? There you go, bro. No rush. No rush. Yeah. So Mary says he's a he's a Sunday driver. You know what? Every day for me is Sunday. Ooh, beautiful. Living there the dream, there, brother. There you go. That and that's that piece that we we want. Yeah. So ultimately, you know, the when we realize when we have a new awareness that we can control our thoughts more, we can control the, the trajectory of our reality through slowing down our brain, slowing down our thoughts, and really learning how to tap more into our inner truth, into our wisdom an intuition that comes from our higher self comes from the mm. soul. And when we understand the power and how much more freedom there is and in, in tapping into that, that's that place within us that is, that it brings us much more peace, much more lightness, much more feelings of self love. And it doesn't come from our mind. It comes from our heart. Mm. Why would we want to live in that? in this space here and we're mm. keep knowing that we're going to keep repeating a lot of the, the dark thoughts that keep surfing coming up in the surface. You know, um, I'm, I'm, we, we've got like a minute left, but, uh, um, when we're here, we're out there in the 3d mm. and we get in, immersed in the 3d world outside of ourselves. Jay, it's a whole show that what you just said about, moving into in, into here, into our heart and living from a soul space will 
bring us to a whole new place where we can navigate the 3D from more of a, from a soul perspective. And as Ev would say, a fifth dimensional way, as opposed to being in our brains, being at linear, looking at the 3D and getting so immersed in the, in the world outside of ourselves that we get caught up in our minds and we start to leave that soul space. Love that. Love that. Thank you, Jeff Fasano. Welcome back. And uh, in honor of tomorrow being your birthday, now, Evis, uh, tomorrow is your today. And so <laughs> really, we can celebrate Jeff's birthday right here, right now, because right now is Jeff's birthday. We got one foot. Uh, we got one man. foot in tomorrow. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm not aware. Evis Love uh, resides. He's, he's an Aboriginal from Australia, and uh, Australia is his homeland. And so that's why he's in the future. Uh, it's tomorrow. It's his Friday. So it's a uh, happy birthday. And Josh, I want to invite you. Why don't you uh, close us out tonight? Give us uh, put a pretty bow in the show and let's call it a wrap. Uh, close us out with either closing thoughts or closing prayer, meditation or um, anything that's um, coming through from your heart. Yeah. All right. I want to have uh, thank you, everybody, for always joining us and. Uh, um, let's close our eyes for a second. Take it, take a breath out first. We're going to breathe out all the chatter of the mind. And we're going to take a deep breath in. We're going to take in stillness, peace, tranquility. And breathe out any worry, doubt. Breathing in control. We are the master. We are the CEO. We are the jockey controlling the horse. We are the dog trainer, that monkey mind, that active brain. We want to thank it for keeping us safe. We want to thank it for always trying to protect us and worry about our future. We don't want to be mad at it. It served us. We want it to know it's honored. We love you, brain, and thank you. But we're in control. We choose to move away from doubt, worry, insecurity. We choose to move towards peace, self-love, gratitude for what we have. We choose to reframe our thoughts in those areas because we can and we're in control. And just like Jeff said, the awareness is all we need to catch those moments and choose these supportive Love, gratitude, honor, peace, stillness, hope. And those are the things we choose for ourselves. And we will train our brain daily to learn those patterns too. And with that, we will close out on Reframe Your Brain number two 
Thank you, everyone, as always, for joining us on Real Men, Real Talk Live. We love you. Go be the light in your corner of the world.